0: Hello and welcome back to Inside Mountain Bike Radio. I'm your host, Ben Welnack, and today with me, I have, uh, a fellow Mountain Bike Radio host, Drew Etzel. So Drew, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> so for anybody that uh, doesn't listen to Mountain Bike Radio, Drew is the host of The Dirt on, <laughs> The Dirt with Drew Etzel. Um, and he talks about everything. He, you know, talks to, uh, Pros, nutrition, coaching, he's himself, uh, is a coach and, uh, you could check out his info at, uh, what is it? Uh, com. That's right. All right. Throw
1: so, a coach in front of my name and you got it.
0: Yep. And I will link that in the show page too. So if anybody has any questions, you can contact Drew through his website. Um, but yeah, so today not going to be anything long. I just wanted to get Drew on because he recently won the Silamo. I don't know if they call the – what do they call the 125? They just call it Silmo 125, or is it Silmo's Revenge as well?
1: I think it's Silmo's Revenge 125. That's always yeah. what I've called it, and I believe that's what they have on the website. It's just a 125-mile okay. version of the 50, which just adds a little smaller loop. Yeah. After easy the full 50-mile loop.
0: Yep. So anyhow, Drew recently won that. It's actually second year in a row winning that race. Uh It's one of the national ultra-endurance NUE series races. And, uh, I wanted to get his take on, you know, training going into it and the race itself, the course, how he felt, how he, you know, felt he did. And then, uh, then after that, we'll talk about a little preview of the upcoming Transylvania Epic. He's been out doing a little pre-riding and, um, I want to get him on just so people can get an idea of, you know, what's going on out there. Um, because next week I will be on location. I'll be racing and reporting. And each night we're going to be doing an hour live show. And, uh, during that show, I don't know who's going to be joining each day, but we'll have plenty of, plenty of racers during the week. So anyhow, Drew, I think that's enough, uh, intro for me. I just wanted a, a lot of information out there and I got to set it straight. So, um, all right. So Silmos, uh, you know, talk about your training going into that. You won it last year. So what, uh, you know, did you? How was it going as far as training? And you know, did you take anything from last year that you had to switch up going into this year?
1: Uh, well, you know, this year, you know, I had a really good feeling. Uh, still, most would play to my, I guess, my fortes, uh as a rider, uh, especially against the other NUE comp- competitors. You know, they're all really as pro riders, every pro rider strong, uh, but there's always weaknesses in each individual athlete, and most of the time, I find some of my strengths compared to most NUE competitors are Rocky Train like so most um, stuff you have to pedal through really technical things uh, and you know some stuff that you need to scope out to prior to the race which I can do because I have you know I have an RV which I <laughs> is moving into the next two to three months and yeah, I coach so I can do that on the internet so I can actually last year I did this and this year I also did because I knew how technical the course was I went there a week prior and rode a bunch of the course Scoped out lines, uh, looked it over. Um, you're looking for five seconds here, five seconds there, or even in the race. In fact, there was a, you know it even rained three days prior to the race, which which I was really happy about. Actually, you know most people are like, oh rain, technical. You know this is hard. Well, when it when it rains and it gets technical, I say this is awesome. You know let's 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 tackle this. Is going to give me advantage because I I can ride technical train well, well, and I can um you know I, and I'm up for challenges. I like challenges, and that was definitely one because. The rocks, it's almost, it's really tough. Um, so anyways, you know, getting into training, you're coming into the race, two, the week prior I went to the actual course, uh, mimicked pretty similar routine that I had prior or last year that worked for me, which is actually a little more volume than the average person would do. Uh, I, I find that not only for myself, but for other riders that ride more, that I coach, most of them tend to do better a little bit with a little bit more volume coming into the race. I don't say a lot of volume, but a little more. It depends on the person, definitely. Uh, but I would say the majority of them do better if they're putting in, for example, you know, in their off-season if they're putting in 15 to 25 hours on the for the base work. A lot of times, coming to races, they'll probably do better with a little more volume than um, someone putting in less hours. Uh, and part of that is due to the aerobic system we got built up, and and then also uh, just priming the systems for, for racing. So I went into that week, and I think I trained. Let's see, that, that Tuesday I did about four hours, that Wednesday I did some filming with, which you can find on, I think, Mountain Bike Radio. Ben, did you put that on Mountain Bike Radio?
0: Uh, I didn't, film? no, I didn't share that yet, actually. Um, okay. Which I, so I probably so should, I gotta, because it was yeah. pretty cool. Actually, what I'll do is I'll just put it on this page, on the show page. So okay, if you're so listening you, to this, just see below. Yeah, so
1: check out that video if you, if you want to know really what the riding's about. I did a short video on what the, what the course was like, and, yeah, you know, that's what I did Wednesday. It was about three hours worth there and also spoke about nutrition and, you know, a few little uh, tips to getting ready for a race like that, uh, which I'm sure you can use those tips for other races too. So anyways, Ben will put that there. Uh, and then, you know, let's see, Thursday, I put, in, I put in a good two and a half hours with some really you know, solid efforts Thursday, and then Friday was all about rest and recovery and actually all on the road. Uh, the techn- I find with the technical training courses like that, uh, you know, it really beats up your body. So I really try to avoid riding the trails the day prior if I can. Uh, the reason being is, you know, it's, it's, um, 125k on technical trails on, uh, on that day of racing is really tough already on your body. And, you know, last year I did this and this year it worked really well too. Just getting on the road and doing like a two hour easy spin the day before was much better for my body, uh, especially upper body than, than doing anything else and allowed me to recover after. Thursday's efforts and allowed me to feel recovered coming into the race um you know prior to that actual week but going back a little farther without going into too much details i had the missouri state championships the weekend prior which went really well i think my fitness was coming around i won that uh that was a little prep for silmos there's only about a two-hour race to get a little high-end work in and then um you know actually about the month prior to that was just tons of volume uh yeah i've been trying to be ready for this race too so you're talking twenty to twenty eight hour weeks on average, um, and then some really specific two to three day back to back work um, the two weeks prior to the Missouri State Championships, which were very specific to what we're gonna here at TFD because this is actually what I was ultimately getting ready for. Uh and hopefully planning to do well and based off SOMOS I'm hoping I do. Um, so so that touches up on the you know the training side of how how things went coming into it. Uh, you know, for now, race day.
0: Yeah, how did it, well, how'd was, it uh, go? You, you're seeing the rain, and was it raining at the yeah, start, yeah. or did it just rain like the day before, or something?
1: No, yeah, you know, I was checking the forecast coming into it, and did expect rain the day coming on. And actually, Friday it didn't rain either. And Thursday, actually, the hard day I had, it rained. <laughs> and I don't have any. You know, some people ask me, "What well, was the slick?" Personally, I didn't think it was that, you know, maybe it's just me. I, I like technical terrain, like I said. Yeah. And if it rains, I am i don't care. I, I'll still go super fast down the stuff because, personally, it's it's more of a confidence thing, a lot of this stuff. You know, if you just tell yourself, you come to technical stuff or you come into a rain stuff that's, you know, slicker than normal. If you tell yourself, this is slick and I'm not going to get down it, you, know, you probably eat it and, you know, fear can be your worst enemy, but it can also be the best thing that ever And if you, if you get a little fearful of something and you get excited about it, which is what I do, and... and You know, my body reacts properly by relaxing and going out and having a good time. That's the way I approach it. Um, I know I do better and I, I love it. Um, You already,
0: you just sound excited just talking about it. Yeah. I love that
1: stuff. You know, I think it's truthfully, you know, that's why I ride mountain bikes and, you know, I've I've said this before and I'll say it again. I hate fire roads. You know, they, you know, if you give me a fire road and you make me climb it, okay, that's, you know, that might be part of the, just the way they got to get you up to the trail. If you put me down a fire road, you're gonna hear it from me later after the race because that's just BS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got a I've got a mountain bike with 100 millimeters travel on the front and a carbon fiber mountain bike and you know these tubeless tires, with you know, stand rims and all all this stuff set up to go fast down single track and to test my limits on single track and to make time on single track because that ultimately uh, a good mountain biker in my opinion should not only be able to have high fitness but should be able to ride this technical mm-hmm. stuff. And you know, you're talking, you know, that's ultimately what I think a lot of us. Or at least what I got into mountain biking for, you know, the thrill of riding fast downhill, taking myself to two limits farther than maybe I have before, maybe getting a little of that fear there, which, which combined with adrenaline, which feels pretty good, and um, and then obviously pushing the limits, um, you're going uphill. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I want to push the limits on fire roads occasionally and and see that, but I'd much rather be on single track and you know enjoying not only that but enjoying the scenery around me and. Not just going up a fire road. I can go up. If I don't go up a fire road, I might as well just go up a road and look
0: at the scenery at the top. I get out of road bike, day. and you're good then, huh?
1: Yeah. Why? Well, don't give me a. You know, I don't race mountain bikes
0: because I
1: want to, you know, ride uphill and suffer, and that's it. I want to suffer and and have a re- what I feel like is reward, which is the the super fast downhill. You know, stuff that you have to that requires a lot of effort mentally and physically on the downhill too, not just going 50 miles per hour downhill, which I've done before plenty of times on the road. And once you do it once, same thing. You can hit the same single track 20 times and you can take it, you know, you can take turns faster, you can take new lines, you can practice, you know, super technical rocks, doing it differently. Maybe you'll take a session you never took before. And those little things add up and, you know, they really make you enjoy the riding more and, you know, you can change your tires, you can change your suspension. I mean, you know, I carry a or you know, we coming into Selmos, for example. You know, a huge part of getting ready for races like this, including the Epic, is because uh, you know, dialing in your suspension. You don't have suspension on road bikes, and you don't need suspension on fire roads. <laughs> yeah. So what the hell do I have right, it for? Right. <laughs> I don't. You don't give me suspension and tell me to not yeah. use it. I mean, what the hell is the yep. point? Uh, it's you know, it's definitely like I said. It's it's fine, and and you know, I get props to all promoters that you know, I combine the fire roads with the with the single track. It's absolutely necessary. It makes sense. You know, Transcending Epic has it on one of my favorite stages. It's stage two, which is a little fire at the beginning, lots of single track, and then fire at the end. It's the only way to get from the beginning to the end, uh, where we, we start and end almost every day. That's great. That's the way it should be. But don't put me out on fire road and put me by every single piece of single track that I can see and maybe give me, you know, 10 miles of single track and a 100-mile race. And I'm not going to name which races those are, but there's some out there that just frustrate that I don't need to <laughs> anymore. Yep. Um, because I don't see the
0: point of it. Um, it's yeah. But anyways, so enough with my yeah, No, I'm, I'm no, it's good. It's <laughs> a good. It's a good take on it though, because it's that leads right into your your uh, two years in a row win at Silmos. So, what's the course like? How to go? What you know? How it how to go? What's the course like? And talk. So yeah, just but, talk to people. You know, tell them what to. Um, you know, obviously you were at the front. But, uh, just kind of lead them through and, you know, you don't have to do play by play, but give us an idea of how the race is Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, well, you know, first of all, if you are listening to this and you want to see a little more details about what went on, I do, you know, go to, uh, kendamtbteam.com. I do put a little more details in there, uh, about what's going on. I've touch up a lot of it, but anyways, that's one where you go, place you can go and always see this stuff. Uh, but you know, going into it, uh, yeah, first of all, I, I think the most important thing to Point on, on this race was, you know, I think one of the things that really got me to win was my confidence coming into it. Not my confidence, but my desire and will to want to win it. I was really frustrated. I've been really frustrated this season with what's been going on. I crashed two times in two big cross country races. Not my fault. Just went down because some guys in front of me went down in a mass start cross country race. Just feeling really good both of those days made a ton of spots afterwards. But the you know, results don't point to that because I started. Instead of starting in twentieth place on the, on the after the gun, going on a single track, I was all the way in the back in both races. And in fact, at Sea Otter, I lost three minutes to the 120 mile bike racers who are pro riders that rode away from me on on the race course, which is at Monterey and cement. So, instead of me catching a peloton of 120 riders solo wasn't too likely. Yeah. So, anyways, that happened. Then I got sick before Kahana, which you know it's. um one thing being sick it's another thing being sick and the race being 100 miles and it's uh you're waking up to 50 degree weather with rain <laughs> mud yeah. and some of the strongest guys in the nation showing up so that i actually dnf there and then i had some uh, a death in the immediate or in the family before true grit which is my other important race so that being said i've been very frustrated so this race i came into it's almost uh you know, coming from the wind no matter what. I told myself right off the bat, you know, this is going to happen. You know, whether it means that I'm going to die and, you know, go from first to last, I don't care. I'm going right off the gun and I'm going to hit the single track because I know I'm strong on that uh, in first or second place. And I'm going to destroy the group right off of the first climb, which is about a one-mile climb, and see who's left. So that's what I did. I attacked – I wouldn't say attacked, but I kept a really strong pace off the first climb, which uh, left just myself and carried who was riding really strong. Uh, going in single track, he actually went in single track first, which I didn't mind because at the bottom of it, I actually, five minutes later, there's a hard turn, and and then he goes into the really technical stuff. And I made a pass on one right there, and I led the rest of the race. So, um, and that goes back to you know, what happened was, actually, during the race, so we we stayed together, somewhat together, me and Kerry up in front, and uh, trailing us about, let's say about five seconds back on average was uh, Christian Tanguy and Strauss Justato. Uh just not a flat a little bit later. And I don't know what happened to Christian, but he I think he flatted too. But what really where I really got him at was one of the spots I scoped out that um, I found the line actually last year. It's super technical and really, really super technical in the web. Uh line down a all I can say is a steep drop off. You wouldn't even see it unless you looked at it and I showed you where it was. It's not uh it's not what most people would consider line. And I don't even know if anyone else thinks it <laughs> other than me. It's the only way to ride, it's the only wider way to ride the session. And I knew the guys behind me who weren't going to do it, even if they knew the line because of the train. So I actually uh, attacked a little bit right before it, picked up the pace a little bit, got a small gap coming into it, and then hit that section. And I didn't really attack because it was a downhill, but I focused on flowing and, and riding everything smoothly. And I put another five to ten seconds on most of them. And and then um, the rest of the pace, I went back and forth a little bit with, with um, the only guy left with me, which was Carrie. Uh, until about 30 miles in, and then after that it was the toughest part of the, the race, and I think Kerry just burned a bunch of matches, leaving me to, um a gap on him, uh, which I proceeded to slowly so get on as the race went by. Um, it was, you know, coming into, you, you talk about, well, I'm, I'm talking about how technical the train is, well coming into second lap, <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't think someone asked me for the race, and I felt really bad for who this was. <laughs> I don't remember her name, but someone ran into me at Walmart actually when I was going to get a DVD on the way out, and they're like, "Oh, we heard the we heard the course was really slippery. You know, watch your video, and you uh, know, yeah, yeah. Is it you got to be slick." I'm like, "No, oh, I think it will be all right. I rode in the rain yesterday. I think it should be all right." But what I didn't consider is because I hadn't ridden the trail after people have ridden over it,
0: mm.
1: and 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 yeah, it's a little it's a little it was a little slick in the rain, but nothing that I would consider slick slick. Well, this was the slickest stuff I've ever been on the second time coming around. And I felt so bad about these people that I told that it wasn't going to be slick. I was just thinking, wow, they must be hating me right now. Because I told yeah. them this is going to be a nice, nice, not too bad course. But you come around the second time, and those rocks that used to be a little slick because it was a little damp, they were like an ice rink, literally. I mean, you, um, you put what happened was a small – everyone was riding over it, and so they were picking up mud on their tires – which was getting on, the, getting on these rocks that were pretty large rocks. I mean, some of them were as large as, like, half the size of your living room, and they're pretty big. Um, you know, and they're just all over the place. And, I mean, you're, I was struggling to ride on the slowest I've ever ridden before. Uh, there, and I heard people afterwards telling me, multiple people, saying, oh, yeah, I got off that rock, and I couldn't walk it. I ate it for walking it. So, you know, luckily I stayed on the bike and didn't do that because that probably would hurt pretty bad. Uh, I didn't take any crashes the second lap around, but I can tell you the course was a lot slower and I think my timing actually resulted in, I think it was about 11 minutes slower than last year, which is a huge reason why is that, that course, the second lap was just, it was just brutally slick. Um, some of the most technical stuff I've ridden just because it took so much finesse. Uh, you couldn't power like you normally do, like I normally do, dressed stuff, I'm hammering, standing up, sitting down. Um, you know, normally rocks actually give you better grip when you go over them. Well, not when they're yeah. like that. Uh, you know, they're just, they're like, you know, you call you, you hear Slick
0: Rock. Well, this was like super, 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 super Slick yeah. Rock. <laughs> it was it was, was it pretty spread out, or do you run into the the you know come back and run into a lot of people?
1: Um, you mean in the fifties? Yeah, because there's a lot of fifty. So it seems because... like there's
0: a lot of fifty racers, and you're just you're faster. Yeah, are sort of finishing in but... the 125 yeah. k faster than the fifty. A lot of the fifty milers, so. Yeah, so what's that like?
1: There was, you know, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good thing you brought it because it's actually one of the challenges of single track. Um, you know, if you haven't raced a lot of single track, you'll find out pretty fast too if you're doing a course that is almost all single track, especially if you're one of the faster guys. It's, it's passing. You're know, running a single track and you hit people and you have to learn how to pass properly, um, not only for their, own, their sake, but also for your sake so mm-hmm. you can get through cleanly and, and as efficiently as possible. And yeah, I did run into some traffic. Not quite as much as I expected, though. I think um, I think the challenging conditions slowed a lot of people down more than okay. I thought. Uh, I probably went by about thirty guys on the second lap. So maybe that sounds like a lot, but you know, last year I felt like I went slower. Um, in fact, I ran into one guy <laughs> on their way back. I was, you know, I actually I had some people help me out and give me splits, which I think really helps with um, you know with with these types of races. You can get someone to help, and they give you bottles and. Uh, you know, every little second counts. And not only that, but the splits really help because they give you confidence. Well, I came around the first time and and um, and got a split from him. You know, carries behind me. You know, keep that in mind. So I got a two and a half minute split. I'm like, all right, I'm doing good. You know, this was after I actually broke him a little bit on these on the hardest section of the trail. Well, next time I came around, I didn't get a split from him, and, and I didn't see him again for another hour and ten ten minutes. Uh, which was the second lap around. When I came around that time, I'm like, what's the split? He's like, one minute. I'm like, oh crap, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so, so, apparently, Carrie made some time up on, on a section where I thought I had him because I already had two yeah. minutes on. But this, you know, keep in mind, that was an hour and ten minutes prior. So I think I put some time on him on that really technical spot, but I didn't know that. So, you know, what was going through the back of my mind was, I've led 98% of this race. There's no way I'm gonna lose this race. I don't think I ever pushed as hard as I did in the last section. I was going like I felt like cross country pace for the last hour and ten minutes, and I think the time kind of proved that because I ended up, you know, putting in that last um, 25 miles, I put on what eight min eight or nine yeah. minutes on him. Well. Um, so it was just uh, but some what I was getting back to is some kid from who was racing the 50 miler hopping my wheel, and I don't know what he was think what he was doing in the. Uh, in the 50 miler because he got my wheel and he stayed on my wheel the whole entire time. Was that that 16, was that that 16 year old
0: guy? There's some 16 year old that like there's some, there's totally some crushed kid.
1: it. Yeah. No, this was oh. a kid later. Uh, there was a younger kid all named Austin who probably, I not I met who was a younger about your age you're talking about that did pretty well. This was some kid, he was pretty far back in the, in the 50s okay. I think. Um, you know, he had a baby I didn't finish until, you know, six, I finished just over six hours, thirty minutes faster. So he he would have finished like 5:45. So he's a little ways back. But anyways, that's that's what surprised me. Came all these riders I was coming on to, I'd pass them and they wouldn't have any energy. <laughs> you know, I'd be flying by them, so they wouldn't even try to stay with me. Well, I passed this guy and he stayed on my wheel. So I yelled back to him. I didn't want uh, him to think I was racing. I'm like, listen, I'm you know racing 125k. Just, you know, I'm I'm in the lead. You don't need to. <laughs> I'm not racing you. Well, he didn't care. He stayed on my wheel anyways. He must have, he was probably smiling and smiling so much because we passed like fifty huh. people <laughs> And I, and I kind of felt bad because, you know, I'm calling out, you know, part of passing people efficiently in the front is communicating with them properly. So when you're in the race lead, you can call a race leader, you know, 125k so they know you're not competing and get them so they move over nicely and don't, you know, don't get in that whole competitive mm-hmm. mode. So I was calling that out all the time, but little, you know, here's this other kid is right behind me passing them too. And I was feeling kind of guilty in yeah. some ways with that, but, it just amazed me that the kid was riding where he was, but able to stay with me for the last—we're talking 40 oh. minutes it. Uh, so, little—I I guess my point there is, a lot of times your mindset. And the—you know, mine was pushing me, but apparently his was pushing him a lot too when he saw me go by. Because before that, he was moving at about half the speed. He was moving <laughs> by the time he—I mean, he must have just told him—he must have just told himself, "I'm not letting this. You know, race from 125K. I'm right. not going to beat him. I don't know what he told right. himself." he hopped on and he
0: was, he was riding a train, like, um, you know, we were having a good time, but, uh, he was riding a lot faster than i you sure. Yep. And, you know, before, so I want to ask you, cause I know people are going to question, but we don't have to get into nutrition too far. And I think we'll just maybe include that in a, uh, mm-hmm. episode of the, of the dirt or something. But, um, you know, as far as nutrition for that race, is that something where you're just all liquid on that for six hours or?
1: Yeah. So. The more the more single track there is, the much harder, especially for pro riders. Uh, you know, not very much of the aid stations. You know, last thing I can – I can't take in a sandwich. You know, if I take a sandwich or something or something whole foods, it's got to be right before a – you know, when I scope out the course, I'll look at sections. I have fire road after them, for example, or or a really smooth, like, double track or something, and I can take it in on it. Well, this doesn't have any of that. I mean, you're going from aid station right to single track, and, you know, we're talking five-second aid stops, uh, maybe even faster. So it's all liquid, 100%. You know, water, heat, Perpetuum, uh, maybe a Coca-Cola towards the end to give me a little spurt. Uh, but that's about it. I mean, you're talking. And I, and I do a you – know, I found from a – I need a lot of water. I went through, I was doing about 2 32-ounce bottles an hour uh, in this race, which is a lot. A lot. And I actually went three towards the end. And that's a combination. Some of that water I'm not drinking. I'm actually dumping on top of maybe – I mean, last year it got pretty hot there. So I'm keeping my body core body temperature as cool as possible by using uh one bottle of water, one bottle of heat and probably um either some coke or um or perpetuum. And using that combination it works really well. It gives me a little variety, so I'm like, oh, water, oh heat. Oh, yeah. Coca Cola. <laughs> gives a little variety while you're racing. It gives you actually something else to focus on rather than the pain that um you always go through in these longer yeah. races. So that combo worked pretty well for me throughout the race and got me through it, and I probably went through. The uh, other thing I was taking in was gel. This year I've, I've actually been able to take in about a lot more calories in the past, so I actually went through two gel flasks, too, which are about 600 calories each. So you taught me 1,200 there plus all the other bottles I took, which was probably 200, 1,200. I probably went through about 3,000 calories in the race uh, in supplementing it's not counting what I went through in my storage, which is a lot, but I've trained my body to do that. And the more you can train your body to take in, uh, the less you're using your storage and the more efficient your body is. So I
0: treat myself to do better at yeah. that. And for anybody that wants more information about that, you can contact Drew directly or just ask a question as well. And he can, he can touch on it generally in on an episode of the dirt too. Um, and then, uh, You can go from there. So if you have any questions about, you know, endurance racing and nutrition, you can either go to, you know, talk to Drew about that or we have the Apex Nutrition podcast where Kelly Jennings, a registered dietitian, she talks about all that stuff in depth from a registered dietitian and endurance athlete herself perspective. So a lot of good information you can get from there. So Drew, go ahead.
1: In fact, I listened to her podcast recently. Uh, she's got some really good stuff on there about beet juice. I'm definitely a firm believer in beet juice. Take it, uh, you know, just about, I've read the same thing she talked about too. About two hours prior to the race, she'd taken, uh, about 500 milliliters, which I think she referred to as, I think it's 16 ounces, uh, prior to race day. And it can, you know, I'm a firm believer it helps. Uh, I've actually read too, I have asthma, and I've read that it actually can help with, um, you know, this COPD, which is, um, issues, which is related to that too. So. Uh, I think it helps.
0: Hmm. Oh, take some so check it out. <laughs> and let's get yeah.
1: to that if you want. And I'll link.
0: I'll link that show. But you can always go to on the left hand side of the homepage or all the shows. And if you just go to mountainbikeradio dot com and then the left hand side, you'll see the Apex Nutrition Podcast. Click on there, and that's the the page that'll take you all the different episodes. Um, so, but I will link that in this on this page as well. So, but uh, so Drew. You know, with that said, last weekend, you, you know you had a good result, and now you're out in Pennsylvania getting ready for the Transylvania epic uh, stage race. what uh, you've done some riding out there? what's what's the what's the scoop?
1: Well, you know, coming off that race, I, I I haven't been quite as much riding as I normally would just because that race was really tough. I dug really deep at the end, and you know when you dig really deep in a you know, six and just over six hour race, you know, you're talking lots of needed before racing seven days back to back so I got a uh, you know first day actually on the trails was yesterday uh, i rode part of stage two which was phenomenal actually they've added some single track to it uh, and it's been great and the trails are drier. i've never seen them which means uh, more fun in general for most people for me <laughs> for me i prefer a little more wet but but either way you know ultimately everyone's out there just have a good time including myself and it means riding faster through the trails because it's drier I'm all for it. Um, in fact that stage two I think is gonna be longer than it has been in the past and it um, you know, it's been a pretty long stage in the past, actually one of the longest. So the added single track, um it can make it tough and I'm kinda happy as Try RB It's not gonna be like a if it's wet it might be like a four and a half hour day and I'm not really sure <laughs> if I'm up for that. Second day in.
0: <laughs> Five and a half here. So you know, the the trail <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. The trails are in actual condition right now. Um, like I said, the guys really know what they're doing and, and, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. This has been a number one priority race for me actually this year. I don't know how many people have told that. It has been. I've got my team mechanic coming out, Kenneth Felt, uh, and he's going to help me out, which is really nice of him because I get to just give him my bike after races and sit around and let him do the work and get a massage and eat and sleep and get ready for the next day. Um, you know, they've actually added an enduro stages here too, which I'm really excited about. Uh, the girls from No Tubes actually were just here. I'm working on my bike here at No Tubes, and so they're like, "Hey, you want to go ride the enduro stage?" I'm like, "Nope, I got other stuff going on, but I'll ride it when I'm racing. Should be good."
0: So is there uh, overall? It, it should. Be is an there any? I, I haven't seen anything yet. Did uh is there any t- roster? Do you know who and who's showing up yet, or what's the scoop I, on that?
1: I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I haven't seen one. I've been actually meaning to talk to Mike Kuhn, who's the director of the race, about it. I've heard rumors of who might be showing up, but I haven't really nailed it down yet. I'll probably wait till if today is, what, Thursday? Yeah. I get on it. Is there get any? Days, uh, so what are the two rumors two as far as names? So the only people I know about is, you know, you mentioned Brian yeah. Matters, so I'm sure yeah. he's showing he's up. He's en route. I've seen uh, him. I'm not sure I've if you're
0: posting and yeah. tweeting and all that stuff about it. So he's definitely out of the way.
1: I'm not sure if um, Jeremiah, I've heard yes and no for Jeremiah, he's, who's won it the last few times. I'm thinking that he's probably not. but
0: He's um, been silent.
1: But who knows? So. Yeah, I don't think he is. I think he's probably, he's probably going to be on the bump and grind and hanging out with his family a little more rather than racing seven days okay. back to back. Um, but but he is the king of state racing in the U.S., so yep. who knows?
0: He's won this race every year.
1: Yeah. Uh, but besides that, I'm not really sure. Okay. I mean, I'm kind of excited to see it because I don't yeah, know.
0: That's something that you're just more focused on what you're doing anyway, so it doesn't really, I mean, it's not going to change anything, but it's nice to know at the same time. I mean, to know a little bit of strategy yeah, here I, and there. Or, who you know, whose strengths or who has strengths where and what, because each stage, you know, talk about how you approach each stage. I mean, you know, it's not like you're going out, hammering every stage to your limit right i mean you're playing a little bit of determining yeah. what's going on I, you don't have to tell your strategy but just just uh, give would, people an idea of what it's like to, to race a stage race because you know some people think that you go out and you're going to be I, you know that there's not necessarily much strategy it's just going out and racing as hard as you can every day but it's not always the case is it
1: no, there's definitely stages here where you can conserve more, and there's stages where you have to push it. There's definitely uh, there's stages you know you can make time on, um, uh, and there's stages where there's not so much. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give a few examples. So I'm not going go all the details. <laughs> Tell but us first, exactly what you're going to do. plan out. <laughs> but you know, stage three, for example, is more of a um, you know it's, it's after stage two, which is a pretty long day, which is pretty tough. Uh, stage three is more of a and the translatelan epic actually made it this way. so you get a little variety. They've got a little good, really good variety in the, all the stages. So every day you go from each day, you go from you know something a little different each day, whether it's the short TT at the beginning right around the camp to day two, which got some fire road, uh, mixed in with some really awesome single track and then you got day three, which is got single track has got a lot of road too to hopefully allow you to recover. So there's sections like that where I hope to recover more. But to tell you the truth, it really depends on what's going on in the race early on. And, um, you know, I can talk about as much as I want, but ultimately, you know, if you want to win a race, you've got to go there and do everything you can when the race happens and and play it by ear, uh, no matter how much strategy you have Mm -hmm. going into it. Um, hope the fitness is there. A lot of times you don't know if the fitness is there compared to your competitors until you actually go race it. (laughs) Unfortunately. Uh, unless you look at Strava, there's definitely some bad on Strava. You can
0: only well, you're and speaking of Strava, you're <laughs> going to be posting all this stuff because you're really, you're really good about posting all your stuff to Strava. It seems, or most of it at least. Oh, I
1: I post the races. I try to avoid yeah. too much of the training because I don't. Oh, there are a few reasons, and you know, coaching part of it, and, and uh, part that all my competitors can see it, and I've got power. And
0: yeah, no, I. <laughs>
1: And it's not that I want to be secretive. It's just I want to be, and this is I get yep. paid for this, and I
0: don't want. So okay. So yeah, my, my point is, uh, w- no will you be posting the stuff next week? All right.
1: Yes, I'll be posting. I all the I post them all okay. my race data, training rides, not so much. But so you can find my filmos data. You can find my Missouri State Championship data the prior week. Uh, I think you can find the Sea Otter data where I crashed. You might see <laughs> the little star where I crash early on and try to catch up. Uh, I mean, yeah, most, almost every single race I post.
0: cool. So people can check that out just to get an idea of how the race is going and, you know, see what it's like, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I'll also also be posting, so if you, if you look at Strava, look there and also go to the com website. I'll be posting something every day on, on how the race is going. Maybe some photos and stuff. I get access to them or videos. I get access to them there too. And, um, and then obviously, you know, hanging out with you a little bit. On uh, some of the nights, and, and when I'm got the energy, we'll, and we'll get you on the you. air when you're you laying radio.
0: there getting your massage, and I'm working on my bike. I'll be we'll be talking on the on the air. So I'll be doing all my stuff, and you're just gonna be laying yeah, back, yeah, yeah. you know, eating and getting a massage, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, hard life,
1: man. Yeah. Hard life, massage. But, you, know, you know, my my girlfriend's always like. Oh, you get massaged all the time. I'm like, listen, it, it, these aren't some massages. They find the yeah. points that hurt and they dig deep and they get rid of that scar tissue so you can hopefully perform better. Yeah. It hurts. I mean, you talking, you think there's pain on the bike? I sat on a massage table this morning and I think that was some of the most pain. I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm grabbing, you know, I'm grabbing the side, cringing, and you know, it yeah. was
0: hard. It's all part of it, though. <laughs> I mean, you put in, you know, you're putting in, you know, twenty to twenty-five, whatever, twenty-eight hour weeks, you know, like that. I mean. It's part of it. I mean, you get a little. You should be able to have some mechanics working on you and working on your stuff, and you know, get massage, all that stuff. It's part of the gig, right?
1: Yeah, because I mean, twenty to twenty-five hours or twenty to twenty-eight hours. I don't think people realize when you say twenty to twenty-eight hours on the, on the bike, that means a yeah, That doesn't mean time to get your nutrition ready. It doesn't mean working on your bike, which you know, I don't have. I don't have a personal mechanic at home, so I'm actually been doing bike work today for about three and a half hours. I mean, there's little things like that, that, and stretching, and I mean, you're talking, so you're talking, you know, on a 20-hour week, I would say I'm probably spending 40, probably about 40 hours all together, just on the biking, and I mean, I got the coaching on top of that, so um, my girlfriend, you know, least to say, unfortunately, sometimes at night doesn't <sighs> see me too much, because I'm talking on the phone mm-hmm. too much, <laughs> and doing coaching work, it's just part of the gig, it's, um, you know, I, I love what I do, but definitely downsides to it and it needs a lot of work sometimes
0: it's it's just doing your own thing it's part of it and that's what that's what you got to do so cool all right so people can check it out like like drew said you know um we'll get him on the air a couple times even if it's for five minutes we'll get john to talk about how it's going but um yeah so i think that'll do it and uh drew thank you very much for you know taking the time out of i'm sure you needed a break after uh messing with your bike all morning so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah
1: it can be a little bit of pain it's, it was one of those things where you know you it's something new you yep. haven't done before because i'm no professional yep. bike mechanic and i'm like all right i'm gonna hop into this and if you're a mechanic you know what i'm talking mm-hmm. about you know you'll you'll hop into it and before you know it you're in new, new uh new area even have well dealt with and now what i thought was gonna be an hour even the people <laughs> even the people
0: that do it and get paid for it still have to look online for all the different info so yes you're fine <laughs>
1: yeah 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 it it was interesting.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thank you, Drew. And uh All right. that'll do it. All Thanks. right, thank, thank you man. very much.